Hallelujah. Praise God. Once again, for our viewers in Facebook and YouTube, sorry for that delay. Okay, if you have your Bibles with you, let's open it in 2 Kings chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. And uh, if you, you don't have one with you, just follow along on these slides that I'll be showing to you. Let's read it. Now, the sons of the prophets said to Elisha, See the place where we dwell under your charge is too small for us. Verse 2, let us go to the Jordan and each of us get there a log and let us make a place for us to dwell there. And he answered, go. Verse 3, then one of them said, be pleased to go with your servants. And he answered, I will go. And when they came to the Jordan, they cut down trees. But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water, and he cried, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. Then the man of God said, Where did it fall? When he showed him the place, he cut off a stick and threw it in there and made the iron float. And he said, Take it up. So he reached out his hand and took it. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you once again, Lord, for the reading of your word. And even, Lord, for today as we learn from it, may you continue to impart to us your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. And give us, Lord, a new revelation and insights, Lord, as we listen to your word. Father, be with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Praise God. So this story actually of raising you know, the lost accent in the water is an account of a miracle. You know, a miracle uh, of recovery and restoration. It could be a personal restoration and it could be a church set up relationship, meaning a fellowship like, like ours. So, in, in this story, we can see that Elijah actually typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. No? It's symbolic like the Lord Jesus Christ. And the sons of the prophets, you know, they typify Christian workers like us. And the axe head itself typifies, you know, the power of the Holy Spirit in the lives of every believer. So, take note of those things that we mentioned, you know, because they play a very, you know, key role in our study for, for today. And it is also a message for us in the aspect of our relationship to one another in the church, giving hope of reconciliation and reunification as we allow the Holy Spirit to move in us, with us, and for us. This story actually is a picture of a fellowship in the Old Testament. And we can see that there are believers, you know, the sons of the prophets who are unified and have seriously related, been seriously related to one another. 
But we can see also in the New Testament, we have some sort of ideal you know, setup of a fellowship mentioned. If we read Acts chapter 2, verses 42 to 47, and please read with me, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food and glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Isn't it a nice picture, a nice, a nice setup of what a fellowship is? This is what they have, you know, in the book of Acts, those early believers. It's a nice start, actually. But has this continued long? Some may say it's not applicable anymore in our days. You know, it's, and other may say, oh, it's a concept of communism. Have you heard of that? Someone has said that. This is some sort of a concept of communism wherein they sold everything that they have and then they shared it equally to one another. It won't work for us. Well, you may be right, but still, again, it's a picture of an ideal fellowship. But what if the other way around happens instead? Reading through that verses, see... What happens if it's, you know, the other way around? Meaning, they don't care to listen anymore to the word and just busy minding their own businesses and agenda, not sharing what they have anymore and they become prayerless. Everyone becomes selfish and faithless and they keep on gaining more and more in greed and don't care to share the needy anymore. And day by day, also day by day, people are fighting each other, starting leaving the group, grudgingly blaming everyone and even God for what is happening around. People become either hypocrites or stumbling blocks and their hearts are getting colder and colder and eventually their hearts are turning gradually away from God. If this thing starts to creep in, in our fellowship, I hope, no, it doesn't. No? But in case that it starts to creep in in our fellowship, how will we recover or restore? Is broken fellowship possibly be recovered? Taas ang kamay, sino sasagot? Amen. Well, I've entitled our message for today, Fellowship restored. And that is recovering church relationship. I've seen this title actually long time ago. I've seen it posted in one of the posters, but I didn't know that what it is. It happened to be, you know, a quest or a level, you know, for those gamers, you know this. 
It's a quest or level in Final Fantasy XIV. I don't know what is that, actually. I'm not a gamer. But uh, somehow, I still use that title, Fellowship Restored. Amen. Well, the point is about fellowship. In Greek, it's called koinonia. You know, it's a transliterated Greek word which refers to communion, fellowship. No? And it identifies the idealized state of fellowship and unity that should exist within the Christian church, the body of Christ, just like ours, just like us. You know, and uh, in English word dictionary, the fellowship is the act of people sharing activities, goals, interests, duties, trials, troubles, and alike with one another in a group. Yung po yung mga binabanggit doon. And the basic definition actually, you know, is it is the act of meeting with those who are converted and who possesses the same general belief. It is the sharing of knowledge and the trials and the triumphs of life among those who are called and chosen of God. John Piper said in one of his uh, um, preaching materials, he said, fellowship is a mutual bond that Christians, Christians have with Christ that puts us in a deep, eternal relationship with one another. A deep, eternal relationship with one another. And he further said in another uh, preaching engagement, the church is not called to be responsible for the way unbelievers run their lives. But we are called to be responsible, we believers, by the power of the Spirit and for the glory of Jesus, for the way believers live and kind of relationships that are cultivated in the fellowship of the church. Amen. So for today, since it's just once a year that I'll be standing here and share to you the Word of God, I usually use acronyms, you know, uh, some sort of memory guide keys so that we'll remember the points that we'll be having in our study for today. So for today, I'll be using Tip Top Talk. Who knows Tip Top Talk? You know, Tip Top Talk, actually, along the way, it evolves into Tic Tac Toe, Tic Tok, <laughs> you know, all, all of this. You know, but Tip Top Talk has been uh, actually uh, used commonly or, you know, anywhere in Europe. You know, I don't know. I think in U.S. they, uh, they refer more on using the tid, 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 like that, no? tid, tid, pole, mga ganon. But I'll be using that, tip, top, top, as our guide for the three points that I'll be sharing to you today. One is trace ideal pattern. Two, train, avoid peril. And three, trust omnipotent procedure. Let's take tip number one. Restored fellowship happens when we trace ideal pattern. 
let us look back on verses 1 to 4. You know, wherein we can see there a couple of notes that we could highlight, like it's mentioned there, a company of prophets. Or the one we read says, the sons of the prophets. In other versions, they are called the school of prophets. Or the disciples of the prophets. And in other versions, some more, guild of prophets. You know, but look at this. It talks about relationship. You know, being sons, there is that father and, you know, children relationship. Being company, there's some sort of employee and boss's relationship. You know, when it talks about disciple, there's students and teacher relationship. You know, when it's mentioned as school of prophets, ganun din. No? When we talk about guild of prophets, it talks about like, ano yung guild? Like, actor and director relationship. So, relationship is always, you know, an ideal, one of the patterns, or one of the characteristics that we should, you know, remember when we are inside a fellowship. It's very important. And, they met with Elisha. You know, they have a relationship as well with, as I've said earlier, Elisha typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. They meet with the Lord. You know, they meet with their master. They, they meet with their mentor. They meet with their leader. And in verse 2, we can notice, you know, some characteristics as well, like they've been burdened about the need for service. And they each took a share. Again, each took a share. No, lahat sila, kumilos, gumalaw. And they were commissioned men. You know the word go that is mentioned there at the last part of verse 2. Go. You know, it's like in Matthew 28:19 when we are called go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And they all took share. You know, every, man, every man, every member joined in the task. You know, ano ba yung kanilang ginawa? No, that they were, you know, they took their share equally, actually. So in verse 3, ganun din, sabi, they realized their dependence upon the master. You know, ano yung sabi? Sabi ng master, go. Sabi ni Elisha. But, you know what? What did they say? If possible, sabi, be pleased to go with your servants. And Elisha, you know, without thinking further, he answered, okay, I will go. Diba? So, they depend so much on Elisha. They depended so much on the capability of their master. As, like us, you know, we depend so much on our God, on our Master, on our Lord Jesus Christ, or even on our leaders, you know, our pastors. You know, God placed them over us you know, for us to depend on them in the spiritual aspects of our, our lives. And in verse 4, we can see as well that they were energetic and keen workers. 
No, they, they are ready to cut down trees. Right away, when they reach Jordan, they cut down trees. Hallelujah. So, isn't it a picture, an ideal characteristic of what we were having, actually, in our fellowship? Or we can see them, you know, it's happening also in other fellowships, in other churches. It's some sort of an ideal, parabang standard na, na pattern that we can see, you know, in a group of believers, in a, in a church, you know, in a setup, you know, wherein there are people who are of the same purpose, you know, the same calling. In their case, they are prophets, learning prophets, you no know, sons of prophets. So, isn't it the same setup that we have now? We are gathered here in God's presence, having the common belief, the common you know, purpose, you know, that we want to honor and glorify our God. So what makes this pattern ideal for restoration? Number one, if we look back in verse one, we can see that there is concord on concession. What do I mean on this? You know, uh, I, I don't know if you will notice, but I will say, say this somehow uh, for the sake of, you know, remembering the key points that I have, not just the tip-top talk, but if you will see all these po- sub-points that I'll be having, it's COC. <laughs> Again, I'm not a gamer. I know those who are playing games in their laptops, in their iPads, and in their phones, especially men, they're playing COC. I, I, wa- I once played that, but it's taking so much time, so I stopped. So, take note. Yeah, that's another guide for us. There is COC, Concord on Concession. What is concession? <laughs> concession is the acceptance or admittance of something to resolve, to change, or of need. In short, it's an act of conceding. Tanggapin mo na merong ganitong problema kailangang i-resolve. So that's the, the term concession that we're using for, for today. And here, we can see that the sons of prophets, they concluded that their place, sabi dun sa verse 1, di ba? They, they presented it to Elisha. They said that their place is, is becoming too small for them. You know, and they conceded that they need a change of place. No, change of space. They need to enlarge. You know, siguro baka nakatayo na lang silang matulog. No, because during their time, you know, a lot of prophets are, uh, has been raised. No, a lot of prophets, a lot of believers, no, in that sense, you know, are gathering together. They want to somehow make a change in the world that they were living. No, they want to follow God. They want to honor God. You know, just like the early prophets, Elisha was one of them. They require a bigger hall. In our cases, you know, we, we might have the same concession. No? That we need to concede that you know, we might need to go, to, go back to Philippines because of, uh, you know, we, we want to be with our families. We want to move out 
and migrate to other countries because here in Singapore, uh, we cannot uh, bring our families together. So, at least at the moment, Canada or New Zealand or other places are opening up no, for families, no, for them to migrate. So, you might think of uh, conceding to that kind of situation. Concord. No, concord means, you know, accept the reality that we are one. No, so, it makes an ideal pattern for us to restore no, when concord on con concession is there. It's being in agreement. Even the Trinity, no, it, you know, the, our triune God, when they created us, man, no, according to their image and likeness, what did they say? You know, when they created everything, he said, let there be light. No, let there be night and day. Let there be. But when he created human beings, what did he say? Let us make man according to our image and likeness. So in deciding those kind of matters in even us, in our lives, you know, somehow we, we, we don't actually just decide it on our own. If we, we know that we need to probably call the help of another, you know, for husband and wife, you, you need to use that. Let us, indeed, let me, let, let me decide on this, let me, no, no, let us, you know, when you are called to be one. And in a setup of a fellowship like ours, matters to be decided are somehow to be done like us, as us, you know, not just by one person, not just, ito ang gusto ko, ito ang mangyayari. You know? But we need to be in concord on the concessions that we're having. We need to decide on matters, particularly that's what our board, our elders, our leaders, ministry heads are doing. You know, on a, on a constant basis, we need to concord on whatever concessions that we have for this fellowship. And unfortunately, many times the attitude to church work is let someone else do it. Na para walang problema. Huwag ka nang makialam. Marami na madalas natin sinasabi. Diba? Let them do the work. And then pag nagkamali sila, andyan na yung, yung ano, you criticize the work, you know, and you, 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 you tell, ano yun? <laughs> you tell something, you know, about the, the outcome, the result of what had, that happened. And, uh, Ideally, when we ab admit to ourselves that we need one another and be in one accord with them as we serve the Lord, no matter how great is the one to be settled or resolved, God honors, God intervenes, and He takes part in the process till com completion. Diba? And sabi nga dun sa Romans 8.28, di ba? Ating memory verse. And we know that God causes everything to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose for them. 
and also in Philippians 1.6, you know, and I am certain that God who began the good work in us will continue His work until it finally finishes on the day when Jesus Christ returned. Amen. Number two, you know, what makes this pattern ideal for restoration? Times God said, okay, yeah, He'll consider kung ano man yung ating mga ginawa. Ganun kabait, ganun ang ating Panginoon sa ating mga personal na buhay. Amen. And I'd like to quote from the book that we're reading about leadership, lead by uh, Paul David Tripp. He mentioned chapter 4, could it be that the lives of many ministry leaders are out of balance not because they ask to do too much or deal with too many ministry opportunities, but because they have hearts that are out of balance. You know, problem comes, you know, the broken relationship, broken fellowship happens because there is an out of balance. Not in the activities, not in the ministry activities, but actually in the hearts of people, in the hearts of people. That's where the out of balance comes in. Then, and, uh, okay, and that leads actually to my point number two. Just now we experienced a technical problem. You know, I, I've already, th- I thought already I've prepared that in case something happens, I've already passed my thumb drive to, to them so that from there, you know, it could be accessed, it could happen, but still, you know, still something happened, you know. There are unavoidable, you know, inevitable circumstances that happens. Though your intention is good, though your plan is sort of, sa tingin mo, perfect na, still, meron pa rin sumisingit, you know. So, point number two, train, avoid, train avoiding Peril. What is peril? Peril means a serious and immediate danger, an exposure to a threatening incident or accident, no? cause of injury. Yeah, and it, it happens, actually, it comes in many forms, no? mentally, physically, emotionally, or even spiritually. Peril, trouble, problema, ba, mga... Anong tagon mga unexpected na pwedeng mangyari. And here, in our reading, actually, in verse 5, we can see that there's something that had happened. You see, they're unified. No, they're in one accord. No, they give all their best. They're all, all the strength that they have. But along the way, while they're doing, no, the, the service that they're doing, that they have a peril came in. And what is that? Sabi dun sa verse 5, But as one was felling a log, his axe head fell into the water. Yung, alam niyo yung palakol? Ah, axe. You know? Yung ulo nun, yung bakal, ay tumapon. You know? Siguro lumuwag yung pagkakakonek dun. So, 
tumapon doon sa, sa water. And he cried out, Alas, my master, it was borrowed. So, isa pang problema. Hiniram lang pala yon. Hiniram o inutang. So, so, those are the forms of peril no, that comes in life. You know, and I'm sure every one of us uh, somehow has experienced one of these, you know, perilous situation in, in our lives. And here, makikita natin, he lost his power while working. You know, and perhaps working too energy, he's working too energetically. Siguro, grabe yung kanyang, ano, excited eh, no? Talagang gusto niyang sa isang sibak, eh, maputol na agad yung puno. So, and, but he's also conscious of his loss. And he is deeply distressed of his loss. Yun yung mangyayari. You know, as I mentioned, in our lives, things like that happen. You know, and, uh, and even in the church, even as, you know, we intended every activity that we're having to be, you know, in, a, in an orderly, you know, that every aspect of it, you know, will be met. But still along the way, problems, this, you know, ideas, clash, start na. Peril. <laughs> parang, ano, parang ang ganda lang dating peril. But, you know, things like that, as I've said, really, really happens. And earlier I mentioned that the Acts said actually typifies the presence of the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit in our, in our lives. Just a month ago, we heard a tragic and horrifying news, you know, about uh, a senior high school guy, boy, you know, who, who killed a freshman using an axe. No? Palakul ang ginamit. And it's mentioned that uh, it was even bought online. <laughs> right? So we can order axe online. But, you know, during the olden days, axe is actually, you know, a specialized instrument of, an, uh, of, 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 of uh, a lumberjack, a special, specialized profession. You know, they are prophets. They are students. You know, and of course, he's not a lumberjack. So what he did was he borrowed an axe, maybe from a lumberjack friend. That's why that's his, he was very conscious when something happened. You know, So, problema. You and this axe represents the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Even up to now, you know, as we do our ministries, as we do you know, the calling that God has given us, we're using our acts. We're not depending on our own strength. We're not depending on the power of the flesh. But honestly, in many of our ministry activities or even in our personal decision to make, 
we know already that we lost the axe, you know, in, on a particular moment. No, and there was disagreement. We, we got angry. No, what else? We, we somehow had a clash with a burden. Kasi fellowship set up. Huwag na tayo lumayo. Doon na We really had a fight with a brother or a sister. You know? And you know you already lost your axe. But still, you know, you still do the work pa rin. Kahit kahoy na lang yung hawak mo, sige pa rin. You know, one particular commentarist or Bible teacher said that when someone, when a lumberjack or one who holds an axe, lost the axe head, at far you can still see as if he's still hand holding the instrument. No? And whatever he does, at far, you still think that he's still doing it the proper way, but without the accent. And most of the times in our dealing with people, with our brothers and sisters in the fellowship, we do the same thing. The axe head is gone, and still we keep on hitting, you know, doing the work. Gusto natin matapos eh. No? Kahit makipag-away ka na, kahit kung ano na ang mangyari, still hitting. You know, the Bible scholar that mentioned that said that, you know, we're not operating in the power of the Holy Spirit anymore. You're operating in your own power, in the power of the flesh, when we do that. Honestly, somehow, one way or another, no, we are guilty of doing that. No, kahit hindi na ginagawa na lang natin yung ministry, ah, ginamit pa ministry. We're doing the ministry not because we are being led by the Holy Spirit, but we are doing that based on our own strength, no, for our glory. No, for our own personal agenda. And it's so sad. But again, is it worthy to be restored whenever we lost that opportunity, we lost access? Is it still possible to be restored? Anong sagot? It is. You agree. Amen. Praise God. Yes, it's possible. Now, in one of the famous hymns, it says, Where is the blessedness I knew when first I saw the Lord? You know, if so, this story assures you that you may be restored personally or together as a fellowship, even if it's caused by a disagreement or misunderstanding. You know, both you know, can be reinstated and re-equipped. For the service of God. And what must you do? Again, what must we do to avoid peril in a fellowship? Again, COC. There should be a concession, a confession of concern. Confession of concern. Concern, just like what the, the guy who lost his axe, axe said, he was concerned that Inutang ko lang, hiniram ko lang yan. So, that concern is there. You know, even in our lives, we have those concerns, actually. You know, that something, parang nadobli yung ano eh, no? yung mga, mga problema when a peril comes. So, he was concerned about how the, how the loss would affect the important work they were doing. Definitely, it will be affected. No? 
or else sabi ko nga mag-end up siya na hinahataw lang niya ng kahoy yung puno ina-assume na na mapuputol but yeah because of the lost accent there's a great concern so paano na no paano na maitutuloy yung concern is a key step in recovering what is lost sino sa atin yung walang pakialam sino yung walang concern eh ano kung ganyan ang mangyari which is true meron pa ring mga ganung even inside the church mag-away na sila kung mag-away basta ako andito lang Having the power of the Holy Spirit is not just about speaking in tongues. Yun yun common na alam natin, you know. But realizing that we do not have it, the Holy Spirit actually belongs to God. The Holy Spirit actually is God. The power of the Holy Spirit is up to God if He wants to give it to us or not. But of course, we desire it. So, if we lost the axe head, we lost the power of the Holy Spirit, how would we operate next? The lost axe head meant that the prophet, the young prophet, needs, he had to stop working. No? Or else he's doing it, as I've said. He's working it. He's operating on his personal strength. He's operating on, his, on the power of the flesh, not on the power of the Holy Spirit. And if something happens, if a peril comes, what do we need to do? We need to make a full, full and frank confession to our master, just like what he did. He mentioned it right away to Elisha. Sabi niya, oh my master. No, in other words, oh my God. No, it's not just an expression, but it's you know, a right, no, on the spot expression, on the spot confession, no, to God, to his master, in the case of Elisha. You know, we are called to make a full confession of our failures in life, our sins. First John 1, 9 tells us, you know, that if we confess our sins, you know, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us on our unrighteousness. So if we've done something out of flesh, if we've done something wrong, and it's not through the access that we have, the power of the Holy Spirit, then confess it right away. So that God, you know, can move right away as well in our lives and forgive us and cleanse us from whatever unrighteousness that, that we have. Next, there should be comprehension or conviction. Comprehension meaning understanding. You know, a full understanding of what had happened. As I mentioned earlier, he has to understand that he lost his accent. Wala na siyang magagawa. No, para ituloy pa na putulin yung, yung kahoy. He has to stop. And one more thing, he he, comprehend, he comprehended that it was borrowed. So that's why he was totally distressed because dalawa yung problema ang kanyang harapin. Hindi na niya magawa yung kanyang purpose. 
And then he owes someone pa. Dahil nga, hiniram lang niya yung kanyang daladala. And conviction plays, you know, a very important role. You know, conviction of God, conviction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That without that, definitely there's a ten- tendency that will operate based on our mind, based on our experience, based on our strength, based on whatever who we are. No, but with the conviction of the Holy Spirit, there is always that inner voice and, you know, in our hearts that tells us, don't do that. You know, God is not pleased with that. God is not honored if you, brethren, are fighting, if you, brothers and sisters, you know, are killing each other. You know what I mean? Even with the, the smallest part of your body, the tongue, you can kill everyone. You can kill anyone. You know, so we really need to be, you know, in that comprehension. We need to understand that whatever we do, you know, there is a consequence. And make sure that it honors, glorifies, and give glory to our God. Amen. So thirdly, restored fellowship happens when we trust omnipotent procedure. In verses 5 to 7, uh, I mean 6 to 7, we will see there in, ber- in 6a, when he said, where did it fall? We can see that we must show our master the place where we lost our effectiveness and our experience of his presence and power. So meaning, you know, looking at this particular verse, applying it to our lives, we really need to go back and tell the Lord, how did it start? Where exactly it happened? You know, what's the cause? What's the origin of this problem? You know, why it happened and where? So yun yung kailangan din natin gawin. Although when we, we apply this in our own personal situations in the fellowship and personal lives. And he said, he cut off a stick and threw in there and made the iron float. We must do something out of faith. Just like what Elisha did. You no, know, he threw a stick. You know, and uh, something happened. And what happened? They see the miracle performed. And he said, take it up. So he reached out and he, he said, and took it. And we must put out our hands and take it. Baka, you know why God is not dealing with people like he dealt with Adam and Eve, wherein they can hear his voice audibly? Nowadays, when we were alone in the room, sabi doon sa ating kanda, nananalangin tayo ng lihim, no, in our secret place. In our secret place, when we hear, we pray, and then suddenly you hear a voice, anong gagawin nyo? Malamang baka tumakbo kayo eh. <laughs> yeah, right? Though, you know, God can, can possibly, no, can still, you know, do miracles, can still talk to us, even in that kind of uh, audible voice. But we really need 
to accept whatever miracles that God has shown us. We don't need to mag-isip pa, paano nangyari yun? You know? God answered you know, what you asked for, therefore accept it. You know, accept it and thank God and honor Him. So, ganun yung kanilang nangyari. So, what is God's procedure to restore fellowship? Number one, it is through His confrontation on coming back. Ayan. Tayo, yung word confrontation, we, ano eh, right away, what, what, uh, what comes into our mind when we uh, hear the word confrontation? Confrontation ang nasa isip natin. See, Totoo lang na may confrontation. <laughs> confrontation or encounter. Narinig natin yon Sa atin, encuentro yun eh. <laughs> so, naiiba yung, naiiba yung nasa isip natin. But this confrontation that we're telling here is actually the presence of God in that particular situation. When God comes in, you know, and do something out of the situation. So, God's confrontation on coming back. Sabi natin kanina, really need to go back to where it started. No? Where it originally happens. So, by doing that, God, no, will be be there. There will be a confrontation between divinity and humanity. You know, the presence of God will come in into that human situation na sa tingin natin sometimes it's really impossible but definitely nangyayari sino mag-aakala na ang ang bakal eh, yung accent na napakalaki napakabigat na bakal ay lulutang so, bigla na lang lulutang sa tubig sige nga saan pa na saan nangyari yan a lot of, uh, you know, commentaries are telling that is there really a possibility that this can happen? It happened, actually. But because of divine intervention. Not because of applying science or, you know, masisira lang ulo natin kaisip, paano nangyari yon na lumutang yung bakal na napakabigat? You know, so ganon there will be God's confrontation on coming back. You know what happened to uh, oh, is this Jacob and Esau? I think uh, Pastor Ray has mentioned it in one of his preachings, wherein there will be a confrontation. It happened that there's that confrontation between the two uh, long-parted you know, brothers, you know, and then what happened was they were, Jacob was really worried that Esau might do something tricky. But, but beforehand, God has spoken to him and God has done something. You know, God has there in that confrontation when they met no brothers face to face what had happened you know they hug each other no they say hi hello ito na ba yung mga itong pamilya ko itong pamilya mo and pastor ray mentioned that he surmised that 
they, there was already a divine in, uh, encounter, intervention, even in the life of Esau, which is actually not mentioned in the Bible. But I believe that beforehand, before this confrontation between brothers, there's already a direct confrontation between Jacob and God, and even in the part of Esau, God encountered Esau. That's why they, they faced together. There was unity. There was love. You know, there was that affection na magkapatid sila, no matter what. Lumita pa rin. It's a case in our church. Sometimes, may nag-away, yung iba, lumi, yung isa lumipat ng church, yung isa, wala na, nagpa, nagpatiwakal ng tuluyan. Hindi <laughs> na lumatid, hindi na nag-attend ng church. You know? But, you know, it's just me, actually. We're calling whoever you are na nasa ganung situation. Come back. If you, you know that this is your family, this is where you belong, this is where God placed you, come back. In my 30 years of being in the Living Word Fellowship, I've witnessed how brothers, sisters come and go, moving to another country, going back to the Philippines, and even moving to another church. You know, just like, uh, grasshopper, move here, move there, <laughs> then come back, then move again. You know, it's, it, it hurts, actually. I, as, I, as I mentioned, it's me. It really hurts. But if you know if you've been in the other church and you're doing fine there, God is using you there, God has called you there, it's fine. You know, but if you've been just wandering around Lucky Plaza, you know, going kahit saan, and you know that you once belonged to this family, this fellowship, come back. You are very much welcome. So praise God. Another one, it is through his commitment of connection. This calls for everyone's commitment. We really need to commit, you know, ourselves. You know, we don't need to analyze of what, uh, parang mga yung mga deboto ng mga, ano eh, ng mga false, ano eh, miracles. You know, they've been followers, no, of that particular, ano, dahil lumuha, sumayaw, na may, may sumayaw na ano, oh, di ba? So, naging diboto. And ever since, even yung mga families ay sumusunod na. But, what we need to do is not that kind of commitment. We really need to commit ourselves you know, back to the work of God, back to loving His people, back in unity where we belong. Because, Connection is really a part of us. Parang yung mag, magkamag-anak, magkapatid. Pareho sila ng apelido, pareho sila ng dugo, nag-away, nagkaroon ng diferensya. Kahit magkalayo sila, still they're brothers. No? Still they are siblings. Kahit ayaw pa nila. But that's the reality. So for us, brethren, we, we belong to the same spirit. We the same to the same God. We the same to the, we belong to the same Savior. 
no matter what had happened, you know, when we come together, when we encounter back one another, you know, what, what we had before, you know, will happen back, will, will be there again. It could be restored, it could be happen. Do you know the meaning of restoration actually as compared to the three themes that we have for this year, revive, rebuild, and restore? Restoration talks about it's not just to be rebuilt alone, but it has to, you know, to come back to the original purpose. You know, here in Singapore, I've witnessed chimes. You know chimes? You know, when, when it was uh, after it was dead for so many years, you know, they made a plan to, they said, to restore it. But what has restored actually is just the look of it. Because here in Singapore, they have this uh, heritage law wherein you, cannot, you can redo it, but bring it back to its original form. Re, yung original nitong itsura. So they call it restoration. So, but when Chimes was restored, it was really restored. The look of it has been restored, rebuilt, to its original look. But the purpose of it has changed. That's not the kind of restorations that we have. Chimes actually, for everyone's information, is Convent of the Holy Infant Jesus Middle Education School. No, it was a convent, it is a school, but when they said it's restored, what had happened? It's now F&Bs. There are bars, restaurants, function halls. At least you can use it for weddings. Mahal nga lang. You know, but it could still function just like what a church is at that particular situation. So again, restored fellowship happens when we Trace ideal pattern given in the story. Train ourselves to avoid peril and trust omnipotent procedure. To conclude, here's a short story for us to learn something from. Two men competed against each other in a wood cutting contest. One man worked feverishly without stopping once for a break, while the other work would work for a while, then take a break, work some more, and take another break. And when the contest was over, the man who had worked so hard and took no breaks was amazed that his pile of wood wasn't nearly as large as the, other's man, the other man's. He turned to his competitor and ask, how in the world did you cut more woods than me with all those bricks you took? You know what the other man said? I wasn't wasting time while I rested. I also took time to sharpen my axe. You know, sometimes in, in our dealing with our own ministries, our in our, you know, giving everything 
for the service of God and fellow believers. You know, we keep on chanting, giving all our sense, as I've mentioned early, it could be just the power of our flesh you know, without the axe head anymore. But in this case, the axe head was there. But he forgot that he has to sharpen his iron to make it effective you know, in whatever task that he has. Sometimes we get so busy chopping away at life, we don't think we have time to stop and pray and study the word and meditate upon the greatness of God. When in reality, it is those things that helps us to keep our spiritual edge. Ecclesiastes 10.9b says, When you chop wood, there is danger with each stroke of your axe. Using a dull axe, axe sorry, requires, requires great strength, so sharpen the blade. That's the value of wisdom. It helps you succeed. Amen. So we thank God that we have hope in Him. That no matter what happens, even inside the fellowship, there could still be restoration that God can do. Nothing is impossible with God. We have seen an ideal pattern that we could trace from no, and knowing that there, there could be inevitable or unavoidable circumstances wherein peril will, will come, but we should trust our God, the omnipotent procedure, the procedure that God can, can, can do alone. Nothing is impossible with Him. No, his ways are higher, His thoughts are higher than ours. So, so Trust God. He can do miracles even in this modern days. Still God. Nothing is impossible even with our relationship with one another. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you and honor you and glorify you for today, God. And even, Lord, as we realize the things that we need to do, Lord, in the situations that had happened, or that could happen in our fellowship with one another. Father, may you continue, Lord, to help us, O oh God. And in situations that we don't know what to do, we just come before you, God, and trust, Lord, that nothing is impossible with you. That you can do great and mighty things, Lord, in whatever situation that we are experiencing, even in our quest for, for truth and love and good situations in our lives, oh God. And even, Lord, here in this church as a fellowship, whatever we desire, whatever we plan, whatever vision, Lord, that we have, that along the way we might encounter problems, Father, we entrust them all to you. And we believe, Lord, that as we do, Lord, your will, your plan and purpose, nothing is too difficult to you, God. Hallelujah. To close, let's sing this song and let's be united with one another. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus.
everyone to stand up. Father, once again, we thank you and we honor you. And thank you for this day, O God. And thank you, Lord, that though we experienced a technical problem today, and it happened that we had to extend, but thank you, Lord, for we know that your presence has mightily moved, Lord, here in our midst. Let us receive the benediction. Finally, brothers and sisters, rejoice. Aim for restoration. Comfort one another. Agree with one another. Live in peace. And the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Thank you everyone and see you again next week.